Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Creation Innovation. I am so honored today to be speaking with Celeste Mergens, who is a fellow mastermind group of mine. We share a mastermind group for the last two and a half years and really haven't had a chance to connect until now and just the last few minutes before we started recording. And I'm really even more excited because I feel like just energetically, you're such a beautiful person, Celeste. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to talk about everything that you're doing. So welcome. So excited to be with you today. So I'm just going to read this first bit of your bio. Um, Celeste Morgans is the founder of the global award-winning nonprofit Days for Girls International. Since 2008, Days for Girls has restored days of education and opportunity to more than 2.9 million women and girls in 145 countries by providing perhaps the most surprising key to increased equity in communities access to sustainable menstrual care products and vital conversations and education. So there's so many reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast, but most of which what I've known you for since we've been in this mastermind together is this Days of Girls nonprofit that you've had. Um, tell us about how that started. And again, what we do at Creation Innovation is talk about all these creations of what we've created, right? Some people, it's a family, some people, it's a book, some people, it's a business or a nonprofit or whatever it may be. And a lot of people, it's many things. So how did you come about Days of Girls and how did that come to be birthed from what you're doing? You know, what's great about that question is there are so many places you can launch from, right? Where did it start? You could say from a childhood of poverty that I survived. And so there was that seed in my heart. How do I help others rise from and not identify with poverty, but with the potential within them? And then you could say that it's because of a closed door, because I was doing something I loved. I had founded a writers, like with a pen, computers, writing uh, conference, and I loved it. Every morning I woke up and thought, I must be the luckiest person in the world. I get to raise my family and then be with creatives and then create an opportunity for everyone with an amazing team. I may be the luckiest person in the world. And then came the door day that that tour was closing and it was clear to me energetically it was time for me to leave. And, and I was so sad. I felt completely punished. It was like, why? And then I recognize later, only, you know, after the fact, how we can see hindsight is 2020, as they say. And I could see if that had not closed, I wouldn't have been available for days for girls. So what ended up happening was I was helping a friend with her foundation in Kenya providing education. And they wanted to do it in sustainable ways, ways that, you know, sustainable agriculture practices for the community, sustainable health practices, sustainable water and energy. And so that was what I was studying with them and implementing with them. And then I was invited to an orphanage near the 
slums of Canberra, a place called Daggeretti. So imagine that post-election violence in this place went from way too crowded, 420 kids to over 1,400 children in a small space. I say reported usually because I still can't imagine and I was witness to it a few weeks later. Anyway, we were trying to help them uh, have basics and and just assisting them. And, and I found that when I finally got a call that they were completely out of food, I understood that. And so I just really wanted to help with that. I went to bed pleading for a way to help more. And I woke up at 2.30 in the morning with it going through my head. Have you asked what the girls are doing for feminine hygiene? I literally went... <gasps> Because I never thought to ask that question. We don't think about it. It's in a drawer. Um, we don't talk about periods by and large. So I had not asked. And I ran to the computer to ask. And got an unexpected immediate response. Because this was 2008. There weren't smartphones everywhere. Right. And they answered just this. Nothing. They wait in their rooms. I tried to picture how you possibly wait in a room where there are girls end to end and side to side on bunk beds, 50 to a room before the boom in extra need and extra people. And now they're, how are they waiting in their room? And it turned out they were sitting on pieces of cardboard for days. Wow. I wanted to help with that. And, um, we did raise money for food and extra things they needed as, as family and friends rallied. And I knew that if you have to choose between food and pads, food is going to win and okay. it should, right? So how do you make a solution you can count on month after month? So we made the first washable days for girls kits and it was a really bad design. And I can say that because I designed it. <laughs> it was white and because pads are white, but who wants to put a stain pad in their front yard? No one. Um, and, and the design could be improved. Thankfully, I knew that if you listen to people, they can teach you a lot. And they taught us about a better design. Today, we hold two patents for the genius of listening to those using them and those making them all over the world. And importantly I listened right after this happened because they came out the first girls imagine they're dressed in their red sweater uniforms um and the cheers their cheers are still echoing off the roof and then they walk up and say thank you so much because before you came we had to let them use us if we wanted to leave the room and go to class and I'm like please tell me that doesn't mean what I fear it meant and we had 250 more girls coming in. There were 500 girls that needed solutions so they could leave the room and go to class. Wow. So I asked them, please visit with me after. Please promise you'll be here because I want to hear you and I can't hear you out right now. They came up after and confirmed that they were being sexually exploited in exchange for a single disposable pad. Oh my gosh. That was the moment Days for Girls was born. Wow. Today we've reached 2.9 million women and girls and people with periods in 145 countries on six continents. That's how global this issue is. Wow, that is incredible. On so many levels, I there's so many aspects that I want to dive into. 
but first what from from your perspective and and seeing that change happening what was what stood out most from you was it their reaction to you was it you know what when you walk away from that what do you what lights you up most about that situation well of course first you feel the horror of oh my word you've got to be kidding me and honestly and truly it was 10 girls reached from all i've done it'd be worth so thank goodness because of people joining in all over the world it's it's now 2.9 and growing and um i i felt in that moment that there had to be something we could do that this was not acceptable that we needed to make sure and thankfully we also had a conversation about what's a period and because there's so much shame and stigma around that right and and how to stand up for yourself and that you matter so I think because of the conversation and the solution to get the horrible story they just shared with me and be able to come back with and there's something we can do is what echoed throughout my entire being it is a call that is lifted me for almost 15 years a call that it was like there are a lot of things to change in this world this is not one of them this is something we can change in our life and generation yeah. i didn't know how global this was but i knew that this is something we need to take on and i was all in from that very moment we can choose in moments do we get buried in the grief of it? Do we feel overwhelmed in the grief of it? Or can we find the place we can stand? And I am so grateful that in that moment, I felt the need to stand. That's amazing. And how cool to, to, to know we can actually find a solution to this, right? I feel like sometimes we're in situations and it's so overwhelming. You don't even know where to start or what to do. And really do feel like, oh, maybe it'll happen in my kid's lifetime, but it's probably not going to happen here. And to know that you actually have done it and have literally changed these young women's lives is so incredible and so cool on so many levels. So when you went there the first time, did you feel that you were prepared mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be walking into what you were walking into? Because I think we were talking this weekend with my sisters about to helping the homeless locally and whatnot. And even that is, you're not quite prepared for what you're really getting into. And I don't know how, you know, do you talk to somebody before you go do that or whatnot? Did you feel that you were ready to step into the role and the enormity of what you were seeing? I feel like there's a gift that I got when I was very, very young that invited me to recognize that we aren't our circumstances, right? Um, an opportunity of being shamed by someone and just having that warm assurance. We are, you know, am I the homeless girl? I am, am I the girl with no shoes or, or am I something more? And in that moment, I got the gift of recognizing that solutions are not built for people. They can, or they can be, but the best solutions are built with people. Those are the solutions that stick. And because of the early experiences I have, I honestly wasn't coming to rescue anyone. 
I, there was no part of me felt like you poor people. Instead, I felt like, what do you need? How do you need it to work? And, and so I thankfully, because of those really hard things that had happened to me, I was a person who arrived feeling, how can we bring the gift of greater strength? So it didn't become the power of me. It was the power of we. Like I had a woman that had graduated from there, did the presentation about standing up for yourself and did brilliantly. And, and it was all of us coming together and then inviting the girls. You could be the next Wangari Mathai, a Nobel Peace Prize winner that founded the Greenbelt Movement. You, that's why I woke up, you know, at 2.30 in the morning because of you. So not about me, but about them. And all over the world, Days for Girls, that's what we're about, inviting everybody to help change the stigma, local leadership, wherever you are, local advocacy, wherever you are, trying to create businesses for them to run and creating the product that now we know lasts years. Um, and, and in all of it, making it about the power of what we can do together. Those are solutions that last. So in a very real way, I guess the answer to your question was, I was prepared, but through the most unexpected don't volunteer for this one experiences that turned out to be such gifts. Yes, and I'm so glad that you explained it in that way because I it just in hearing you say that, it's you think you're walking in to by yourself, but really as you said, it's a movement, it's a we, it's a collective, and that's what I speak about all the time too. It's a woman's collective that we're moving towards to help educate people and bring awareness to all of these things, but especially what you're doing, because unfortunately, I feel for most of us, we're so far removed from that now, right? I mean, in the work that I do with fertility, we've heard about the period tense and things like that, that people used to sit in, like you were saying, but 2008, and I'm sure it's still happening in certain places of the world, it is still happening. And as you said, how that affects their education and the shame and just making them feel that it's something not normal, right? And not good. And you can't, you have to sit out because you're doing this or whatnot. It's just really heartbreaking to know. Yes. And the fact that, again, we're making this movement as a collective. And so what can people that are listening now help to do because we do feel so far removed and it does seem, oh, well, it's over there and it's in these other 145 countries, but not really happening in our country. How can we help? Such a great question. There are many people right where we live that have this issue. What does a woman that's choosing between the last money in her fuel tank to go to a new job interview or pad choose? not a pad likely right any family any group that has to choose between food and pads shelter and pads honestly those things win so we work with homeless shelters we work with um people that are displaced we work with um and schools honestly and what's interesting about it is in my opinion one of the biggest things we can do is talk about periods we are afraid of this basic biology that honestly, without periods, there would be no people. None of us would be here. Even test tube babies started with the period, arguably the cycle is part of it, right? So all of us are part of a cycle. And, 
and yet we're afraid to talk about this. There are people who are isolated in sheds because they're considered untouchable in their communities in Western Nepal and other countries where you cannot be near them or they'll bring a curse. Imagine, and they're not trying to be, um, be unaware of their family's needs and the dangers they face. They are actually brave enough to try to protect their family. So with knowledge and conversations, that danger can stop. And it's just as real here. Imagine if we all talked about periods without any like, yeah, okay, I've got to go get some more tampons. So I'll be back. Do you need anything from the grocery? Like yeah. what, what if we made it a non-issue? Imagine how that would shatter so much stigma. So many people right here having their period for the first time and they don't know what it is. Imagine, and you know, how much fear that brings. I'm bleeding. I may be dying because we didn't talk about it yeah. all over the world and right in our backyards when a girl is starting her period, when um, celebrate that, when we can just talk about it and lose the little twinge of fear just by doing that. That's a big part of shattering the stigma that we can all do individually. And it's not easy because we would rather talk about almost anything. Do you know that there is an actual study out, a survey that showed that people would rather talk about STIs than periods? Come on, true statistic that it's time for that to change. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think that they, what I see too is, of course, talking about the period and that what I say about that is that it's our sixth vital sign. It's, it means you're healthy, right? It's a good sign. It's exciting. It means your body is doing what it's meant to be doing. You're, you're, you're healthy. And when we get older, my age and onward, that starts to go away and that does affect our health. And that's why it is so important that when people are saying, oh, I'm going to do this so that I don't have a period. I'm like, we want the period. The period regulates our body and helps us to live in the world as we're meant to live in the world but the more that we can do to help support that and be aware of are we having pain are things off what's happening that's where we kind of lead into the fertility perspective and the education that i say we need one step further in our country as well about ovulation it's one thing to say oh you get your period every 28 days which most people do not but then what about ovulation what does that mean so instead of thinking anytime you have sex, you're going to get pregnant, let's educate people to realize that is not true. And we need to be aware of our bodies and our periods and our full cycle, not just the period, so that we are we can not only help ourselves with when we want to have a baby or don't want to have a baby, but then educate the next person around that. So Absolutely. That's huge. Do you know Days for Girls curriculum has information about all the stages of the cycle? And what's really interesting about it, we have had people be more excited about the chart than any part. Other people, it's it's different parts of the kit, but that's a big deal. And once in Guyana, South America, a husband came running after the ambassador of health who had just taught it and said, I heard that you just taught, taught about ovulation and I need to understand my wife with the fifth baby almost died. The doctor said she could die and I want to keep her safe. This is a big deal for all of us to know. We should all understand it. I love that you help people have body literacy and respect our amazing bodies. 
Yes, it really is incredible. And I think however we can help celebrate that in in places where it, it's even more shamed, I feel is is what we need to be doing because it's really heartbreaking to know that there, there's still that stigma. I also talk a lot about miscarriage loss, same type of thing, you know, people are shunned away from communities and tribes. And I always say it goes back to kings and queens. If you couldn't have the air, you were made to feel very ashamed and guilty and, you know, whatnot. And I think part of people knowing that unfortunately is so common and it doesn't mean you're broken and it doesn't mean that something is wrong with you and you can still have a healthy baby. And there's people that want to help you to figure that out is really again another message that I think is so important for people to understand that it's not your fault and there's you know a lot of people that want to help support you so that you can go on to help a healthy baby in that anyway amazing things let's talk about your book that's coming out the power of days I'm so excited for it it comes out October 3rd you can buy them anywhere you buy books right now and what I love about this book is that it it is about the resilience that happens when we come together. It's about how when you take on taboo anywhere in your life, whether it's trauma, whether it's um, periods, whether it's communities not being able to talk about things, and we come together, powerful things happen. So it covers the founding story of Days for Girls, and it also covers how I the lessons I learned early on through going through hard things and how they did go on to cascade to create great effects. I love that about life. And this book has a lot of hard stories in it. I mean, some of these stories are really hard to hear. And I promise they always turn into hope. They always invite you to be the change you want to see in the world. So I double dog dare you to grab it. And I promise you it's an entertaining, uplifting and engaging ride. Amazing. Congratulations on doing that and sharing that story, many stories, it sounds like, of hope. And I think you've pointed out a few times about your past history and how it's led you to show up in the world the way that you are now. And I think that's such a great message to reiterate to people, even though we hear it and we know about that. It really does help us to see how should I be showing up? Is my nine to five really what I'm supposed to be doing or should I be getting on a plane to Africa to, to help people there? Or what are what is it that is your secret superpower from what you have learned on your journey that could potentially help someone else on their journey? And really taking a look at yourself inwardly to see what, what aspects of pain can then be put into purpose, because there are so many of us that have had you know, struggles in one way or the other. Maybe some seem more significant than the other, but I always say this is not a competition of who had it worse off. It's really about how do you show up to use that and serve other people and let them know they're not alone and you can understand where they're coming from. Because I know for me, and I don't know about you, Celeste, in aspects of my life, it was always so helpful when I came across somebody that could say, I understand what that feels like and really could hear me when I said that versus somebody saying that to me where I like, mm, no, you, I know you don't really know what that feels like, you know? Um, so thank you for putting that out in a book for us to see and to help people understand that there can always be 
a reason for what we've been through. And as we've heard so many times before, connecting the dots is always, you're able to do that looking forward, but only when you've seen that looking back, right? We want to be able to say, looking forward, it's gonna look like this. And we, we can't, it, it's only after we've lived that we can see, oh, now that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well said. I find that life is a miracle. And Einstein said you can see, you have two ways to see life, as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is. And sometimes the darkest moments, just a reminder to make it easier to see the light. Yeah. And it's not easy when you're in those dark moments, for sure. No, not yeah. at all. And that's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. Absolutely. Well, I also read that you're a mom of six. I am. My jaw dropped when I read that because I am a mom of three and they're still quite young and I don't know how a mom of six does that. So good for you and God bless because I <laughs> think you. that in and of itself is an amazing feat to, to raise and have six children is incredible. Did you set out to know you wanted six or how did no. that happen? No, I didn't. They happened one at a time. <laughs> In fact, I distinctly remember a moment I was talking with a friend on the phone. This is going to sound so strange. I was talking to her and I said, Conda, I have six children. And she laughed and she goes, you just figured that out? I said, no, no, no. Six, as in six weddings, six college, six, six. And she goes, yes. And now it just, the enormity of it just hit me. Yes. And I would say, oh. It's they're all different because we didn't squish them. We just loved them and guided and they are just the joy of my life. And they have been such a strength to me and taught me so many great things that among them, I'd say the hardest thing was two things. One, laundry. Laundry is <laughs> the thing. If a genie asked me, what do you want? I would go for laundry done the rest of my life. <laughs> and to listening listening to that many little people was um really challenging to still have space to think and and still listen and be present that felt some days like a tightrope and it was so worth it and we because of oh I've been so blessed we had a lot of, of foreign exchange students and foster kids and and we ended up having that house that people ran in and out of the door and ran in and out to play. And, and I, it wasn't perfect. It was better than that. It was family and it was love. And coming from to that is like heaven. I really, really love being a mom. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, again, congratulations for raising them and impacting other multiple lives it sounds like with all the little ones that came in and out of your door i think that's always we recognize those other parents and families when we're children right you remember the people that were in your neighborhood or where you would go and you know whoever that might be and i think people sometimes forget that you are also impacting other children that may not be yours and how you show up for them too really does matter Again, I want to ask, how can we help with Days for Girls and 
whether that's financially or do you have people that volunteer for the program? Tell us a little bit about both of those options. You absolutely can help in such direct ways. One, uh, find us at daysforgirls.org and um, you'll see ways to volunteer. There are chapters and teams all over the world, um, all over the world, really. And you can join them to sew. You can join to, there's advocacy you can do and you can find out where there are bills that are going on that maybe uh, speak to not have taxing. We have luxury tasks on feminine hygiene, menstrual care products, please. And you can help be part of changing that. You can also get the opportunity to um, share on social media. So we have social media channels everywhere you find Days for Girls. And we you can also donate to Days for Girls. It goes so far, just about $13 for every kit for that lasts for years. It always comes with education. So donating to Days for Girls is a tremendous change maker. And you can buy the book and tell uh, and review the book and tell other people to buy the book because some of the proceeds go to Days for Girls and it's going to shatter more stigma and raise more awareness. And hopefully it'll be talked about a lot. To be honest, I am having a little bit of transparency regret because I put it all out there. I... Whew, so a little part of me, <laughs> but I hope you find joy and hope and, and courage and proof of resiliency there. And I hope you find tons of evidence about the change you can make in the world and the change Days for Girls makes. Amazing. Again, thank you so much. It was such an honor to speak with you and so grateful for the work that you're doing in the world and impacting so many people's lives. It's really incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.